I kind of developed my musical style in a vacuum, Liz Fair once said. The way I wrote was in my bedroom, really privately. Our bedrooms are private places, not in the way you're thinking. I mean, that is true, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the fact that there's something about our bedrooms that inspires creativity. Maybe it's the privacy or the comfort or the familiarity of the space. Who knows? But one thing is for sure. We kind of crush it in the bedroom. Not in the way you're thinking, but you know what I mean. We do good work there. Work that is personal, vulnerable, but also strong and also assured. And that work, intimate as it may be, every now and then, to quote Joseph Campbell, goes from the private to the public. Like our friend Liz Fair, for example. Or like our new friend who you're going to meet today. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. of my guest today on the program, Pinky. Let me tell you a little bit about Pinky. So the New Jersey-born Pinky is cut from that very same Liz Fair cloth. Her bedroom creations are wistful, knowing, and wise, and her observations about the world are delivered in a subtle but swift pop fashion that brings to mind everyone from the softies to Ben Lee to Yumi Zuma. The 26-year-old singer-songwriter's compositions are both confidential and conversational, and they are as revealing as they are revelatory. Her new album, number 37, is a series of portraits that are moving, odd, and oddly affecting. You're going to love her. Trust me. This is me and Pinky having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. sucks because like you know i'm a nurse so at work i'm worried it's gonna get like it was the first time around because it was like my unit that i normally work on which is for like ortho neuro people after surgery basically uh had to get closed down because nobody was getting surgeries electively and i had to go around to all these different units caring for all these covid patients that came in and it was pretty stressful but anyway so far, you know, my unit's still open, but the numbers are increasing. <laughs> yeah. But other related stress, it's not nothing too stressful. Well, it's a little bit stressful. <laughs> I would imagine it's Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, it's scary. I don't want to get it. I don't want to give it to people. But, yeah. 
Well, you you seem like a very mellow person. You seem like someone who doesn't get stressed out. Is that is that the right perception? Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, it's been a while now, so I'm trying to uh, not freak out about it too much, not let myself go down that hole. But <laughs> I know a lot of people who do every day freak out about it, and you know, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. But <laughs> yeah how how has that affected your art you know how has it how has the last year because because 37 was recorded before the pandemic um yeah right i like finished it up a little bit of finishing touches during the like you know maybe what was it like may i think i really finished it or april god damn it i don't remember but yeah it was recorded mostly before that and but during it you know I wasn't going out so much, obviously. So I was inside a lot. So I was making a lot of demos and I was making a lot of stuff actually with my boyfriend who I live with. He calls himself social media. That's his like artist name, (laughs) which for some reason isn't taken. But yeah, we've been uh, making some stuff collaboratively. We put out one song months ago, but the rest of the EP is kind of like still in the works, (laughs) kind of on hold. Because of my album, I didn't want to put them out too close together. I don't know. But, yeah, that's one thing that it brought about. Okay. Because we were quarantining together. Can't even talk. But, yeah. How did you? How do you like the, A, the collaborative process, and B, doing it with somebody that you are in a relationship with? Are you able to um, sort of switch from, I don't want to say the professional to the personal, but from the art like, are you able to work together in a way that is um, that you can you can be critical and not be and not be offended by it? Yeah, I mean, we definitely you know we bicker, we <laughs> we fight over stupid shit sometimes. But for the most part, it's a good thing because he's really good at stuff that I'm not really good at, and I'm good at some stuff, I guess. But <laughs> I'm really like I like to write, you know, the general song but I'm not so good at the production aspect of anything (laughs) so he definitely helps with that and he like he's really good with synth and keyboard stuff that I can't do and he just adds a lot of magic to things and yeah so it's definitely a good thing to collaborate all my stuff besides my demos that I've put out a few of those have been made with friends other people you know I don't do it all myself right I can't can't be doing that so yeah it's definitely a good thing overall but yeah we definitely fight about stupid bullshit sometimes <laughs> i think it does yeah. I mean, that's just i think by the way i think you're supposed to fight over stupid bullshit i think that's healthy to do okay, i love to curse god damn yes you it. are Wait. you are we both are um okay. but i think that a friend of mine who was a therapist told me once that if you're in a relationship where you're not fighting over stupid bullshit it's not a good sign yeah, I've never uh, never experienced that, but I can imagine yeah. it would be a creepy thing. Yeah, yeah, you just sort of walk around with a weird smile on your face. Uh, nothing you say bothers me. I agree with everything <laughs> and every opinion that you have. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, by the way, I, I have to point out, no one can see this, but I can see it, that behind you is the frame for, for midsummer which in, in my opinion is the most elaborate breakup movie of all time <laughs> yeah that was a pretty toxic relationship that guy yes. was a bitch. 
<laughs> and uh, I felt really bad for the girl. But then I didn't care about the relationship anymore when all the crazy stuff started happening. Right. Um, but yeah, that movie is so freaking good. I love Ari Aster. He's only oh. made a couple few movies so far, I think, that I know of. But they're all magical. <laughs> they're, mad, they're so. It's an, that movie is again the most elaborate breakup film, uh, <laughs> but also just utterly terrifying. I'm just curious you know, why you why you framed it and put it above the bed. <laughs> Well, I got the poster because I love the movie, but then I framed it because John, my boyfriend's name is John. His friend uh, frames things apparently <laughs> for pretty cheap. So I was like, let's frame this freaking thing because it was getting kind of shitty looking. It was like kind of ripped at the corners and bent and like, yeah, I needed to be rescued somehow. <laughs> yeah. I love the movie so much. I didn't want it to go to waste. Yeah, well, it looks very well preserved. Were you surprised that that movie resonated with you as much as it did? Because it really messed me up for a couple of days. Yeah. As soon as that freaking old man's face split in half, I knew that it was one of my favorite scary movies. But <laughs> it's rare for a new horror film to really resonate. Because, you know, like a lot of the classics are great, but a lot of new ones are like, not that great. No. But this is a goodie. Um, Hereditary is a great freaking movie. Yeah. Uh, I love the new, oh crap, I'm forgetting what it's called now. It's like a ballerina horror movie. Oh, wait. I just saw this. Wasn't it on Netflix? It was on Netflix, right? Yeah. And it's like a remake of an old one. It's really good. Whatever. We don't have yeah. to talk about it right now. But <laughs> no, I know that one. Well, it's funny that you talk about horror films because listening to your music, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get that you're, that you're a horror film fan, but can you have you ever thought about how like there's a real darkness there, um, and the music is not is not particularly dark, right? In terms, there's hope in yeah. your music. Yeah, a lot. Some of the lyrics are deceivingly depressing. Like the music might be happy, but the yeah. lyrics are so happy. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely like upbeat music. I listen to a lot of that. But as far as movies go, I like dark stuff. <laughs> I remember when I was little, I was like five, I had this scary movie club because my dad like took me to see Hannibal. I think that was one of the first movies I saw in theaters. And I think he messed me up for life. <laughs> your, your dad took you to see Hannibal when you were a kid? <laughs> yes, I was like five. That shit came out. He took me to the movies to see it. Oh my and God. That, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as far goes i'm pretty uh upbeat i'd say yeah i, I mean know. the lyrics i mean it's true the lyrics are they can be incredibly um there is some darkness that there, there is some sentimentality but but i feel that there is hope always in your in your work which i love yeah i think a lot of a lot of people these days are making depressing stuff fittingly but i think it's good that uh that some of us are still making positive tunes <laughs> So that we don't all get trapped in that dark, depressing mood for too long. <laughs> there's a light still. Yes, there's a light. Are, are, <laughs> do you find that you are an optimistic person by nature? Like you are kind of unsinkable in that, in that way? Yeah, I guess it's just by nature. I don't know why. I guess my life hasn't been too bad, thankfully. Knock on wood. But anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm pretty positive. I I see. I mean, my life wasn't perfect. I went through some shit, but 
I always, I guess, see the bright side. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. Maybe my parents kind of, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where it came from, but yeah, it seems to be how I am. Do you is there do you, have you written Wait. enough like <laughs> is there enough work where when you look at your stuff is there enough now where you can look at it and go oh thematically I didn't even realize this but I seem to be attracted to these themes or I seem to be working through um, these dilemmas of life are you noticing you keep returning to stuff yeah I always sing freaking love songs. <laughs> A lot of people do. That's probably the most common theme in music. But yeah, I'm always singing love songs, always in love. (laughs) And some breakup songs in there. But honestly, the music itself, like I start with the music, the the instrumental, the music, and then I come up with the lyrics and whatnot. Lyrics are like my most uncomfortable thing. (laughs) I never was so great at it. Or I never, like when I started... It was always the most intimidating thing for me. But yeah, music I always loved making and it's inspired by like places I go to or people I meet or experiences that might have nothing to do with the lyrics. <laughs> but then the lyrics, I don't know, I guess the most easy things for me to write about are love and things like that. But the song might actually secretly not be inspired by that. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know if I can explain it. Like, I went to this place called Centralia in Pennsylvania, this weird haunted town. Here we go, back to creepy stuff, I guess. (laughs) That's my life. But yeah, and I was really inspired by it, just like the feeling it gave me. I loved it so much. And I made a few songs, like, inspired by that. But the lyrics aren't about Centralia. I don't know. Like, I can't make things about what I'm thinking all the time. I don't know if I'm making sense, but yeah. You are. (laughs) I want your. I want an album, not the next one, maybe, but who knows? I want you to make an album called "Freaking Love Songs." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what my albums should have been called. <laughs> well, I know what you're saying. Though. You're saying that basically sometimes a, that a feeling, right? Like the Centralia thing is really about a feeling, not specifically or literally about Centralia. Yeah, and um, well, I guess the one time I made a song that is about what it was inspired by is Sunday driving because, you know, I love driving around aimlessly listening to music and that song is kind of literally about that. Yeah. Or (laughs) or 37. Yes. I'm 37. Yeah. That's one song on it. It's like kind of a more mellow. It wasn't one of the singles, but it's probably my favorite because I just love the atmosphere of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about why, um, not why, but the fact that lyrics are hard, are harder for you. Um, is it because, first of all, are, is that getting better? Do you find that you're getting a little more comfortable with the, the idea of lyric writing or does it feel, still feel kind of weird? It's still a little weird, but I'm definitely, you know, more comfortable with it than when I first started. Cause when I first started, I couldn't take myself seriously. I was like in college, <laughs> my friend, I was like a freshman in college. My friend showed me audacity that free recording software and uh he gave me his blue snowball mic it's like a usb mic i don't know if you know what the hell that is sure but so i would just like record silly things you know i just thought it was funny and like i thought it was crazy how easy it was to just layer your voice on top of your voice on top of your guitar and that was like a new thing for me 
And I could not take myself seriously. I would write about like cup noodles or like (laughs) these ducks on my shower curtains or this ghost that was haunting me at the time. That's another story. But anyway. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) I got to stop you right there. (laughs) Wait a minute. The, just, you know, college things like noodles and shower curtains and the ghost that was haunting me at that particular time. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I'm just kidding. But, oh, my God, it was a Ouija board thing. Whatever. I don't even want to get into this. I'm going to sound crazy. I never believed in this crap before. But, yeah, the Ouija board is freaking real. Let's just say that. Did, did you, like, did you summon a ghost or something? Is that what happened? Well, me and my or my roommates and I, whatever, proper grammar. Um, it was like Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. It was 2012 in October. I don't know if you remember that. It was like on Halloween that started. But um, we did the Ouija board because we were all stuck in that freaking dorm with a blackout. What else are we going to do? We wanted to do something creepy. But I didn't believe in it. I, just, I never did it before either. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And whatever people could have been moving it but crazy shit was being said and then I still wasn't 100% convinced but I was creeped out but of course we were haunted for like a couple years after that the dorm like at least a year and a half the dorm like crazy stuff would happen in it like to all of us not just me so I know I'm not crazy um unless we're all crazy but it was I've seen things get thrown at me from nowhere I got scratches from nothing I, things would like teleport through space and time. I don't want to get into it because I'm going to sound crazy, but you get the point. It was nuts. So were you worried ah. that, that, that was like a, um, were you concerned that that was like a, a, a something you, you couldn't, a bell you couldn't unring? Like, were you afraid it was going to like follow you around for the rest of your life? And how did you know? Yes, of course I was. I was terrified. I was like, holy shit, this stuff is real. I have to worry about this now. And I still about it sometimes, but eventually it dwindled away. I don't know how, but thankfully it's gone. But I guess you never know when it could come back. Dun, dun. Well, yeah, I teach college and I, I, my students have told me a lot of things that are, you know, like, oh, I can't turn my paper in because this or this. And I've heard it all, <laughs> but I've never heard, well, I ha- there's this ghost <laughs> in the dorm. Uh- it one time hid my textbook and I couldn't find it. And it, I had a dream about finding it in this dusty attic. And I was like, hmm, maybe that was symbolic for something. And I looked on top of my armoire thing that you can't even get on top of it unless you stand on a chair. And it was up there, all dusty, <laughs> next to my charger that I also lost. I don't know how it got up there. <laughs> Let me tell you, lots of weird shit, but yeah. So it can mess with your homework, I guess. Well, I guess it can. Yeah, you're right. And did, did it feel malevolent or did it just feel like a prankster? It was kind of both. It was kind of malevolent sometimes. Like it would say some crazy shit. And when I say say, it would write on the mirror in our bathroom. It would um, write on our phones, like in the notes section of our phones. We would like have these random notes that came from nowhere and they would say weird, creepy shit. And it would just like kind of threaten us sometimes. So it was bad, but nothing too bad actually happened. Nobody really got hurt except for some scratches, but you know. Wow. 
I don't know how much it's capable of doing, but I was scared it was going to freaking kill me. <laughs> well, it could operate an iPhone. That's, that's one thing it could do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds like one of us was doing it, but I swear to you, this was, this was real. I saw things fly at me from nowhere. That's how I knew. <laughs> well, that would be an early indication. Yes. <laughs> Well, do you remember one of the one of the notes that it wrote? Can you can you do you remember any of the phrases that it used? Yeah, I remember it wrote once on our mirror, "Don't sleep," or something about "Don't sleep because that's when you're in danger" or something like that. Or like one time we were fighting about something, and on one of our phones it wrote like "Stop fighting." That's what makes it stronger. Oh yeah, because there was like a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> okay, this is getting too deep. I'm loving it. Good one and a bad one. The good one was trying to protect us from the bad one, quote unquote, unless it was like one thing that was bipolar or trying to trick us. I don't know. But this is turning into a scary stories podcast. I love it. I love also that the that the the ghost itself had a split personality. It's very strange. Two different things, I'm not sure. Or more than two. Who knows? But my my first album, Neoteny, I don't know if you know that album, called Ghost, was definitely inspired by that. I was just going to ask you that because I was thinking like, oh, that, now I'm wondering if that is the connection with that song. So, okay, you, yeah, you read my mind. Definitely. Uh, without, yeah. Well, now, so it was just you and a couple of friends from, from College in the Dorm. Mm-hmm. And it's like this really interesting shared experience that you guys, do you still talk about it? Like, hey, remember when there was that ghost thing? <laughs> They don't really like to talk about it. I love to talk about it. And, but one of my roommates, like I recently tried to talk to her because we don't talk all the time anymore. They like live in different parts of the country. But anyway, um, yeah, one of them, I tried to talk about it recently. She's like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I really don't want to bring that up. It's, it creeps me out too much. And when we used to talk about it, things would happen. So like, Yeah. <laughs> she does, she's too scared i don't blame her <laughs> yeah what i mean that that is that's not uh where i thought this conversation was going to go but it's really fascinating <laughs> yeah i mean we don't have to dwell on this too much but yeah <laughs> i love it no i listen i i first of all i totally believe in that and i'm wow. not scared of it like in other words i sort of I sort of like it because it is a reminder that there are powerful things we don't know about, that the universe is not what, what we think it is in terms of what we see, right? Yeah, definitely not. Uh, I didn't always believe in too much, but it definitely opened my eyes. Now I'm more of a, I don't know. Who knows what the fuck is real? Right. <laughs> so I definitely used to be more like scientific strictly whatever is proven that's all that's real not like that anymore
Right now I live in Jersey City, but I grew up in Cliffside Park. So it's kind of around the same area. But it's by New York City. Always was around New York City. And did you, in terms of what you were listening to as a kid, were you were you ever thinking about like the lineage of New Jersey music or were you always finding your own stuff? Like what were you listening to that really sort of um, kind of rang your bell? Like who did you really love when you were, when you were a kid? When I was a kid, (laughs) sorry, he's like peeking in at me. But anyway, when I was a kid, I loved like classic rock because my parents both listened to that stuff. My mom listened to Motown. I loved that too. Um, So they really, got me into the goodies and then as I got older I went through a little bit of an emo phase (laughs) and um then I liked like ska punk and reggae in high school and then like indie music finally and got into a lot more weird unknown indie artists when I was in in college like we all do (laughs) and that's what gave birth to my sound I guess. <laughs> yeah. And did you feel like when you, I don't know if you ever listened to like Liz Fair or people oh, who were. Yeah. Now I definitely listen to Liz Fair. That's actually only a couple years ago or so I discovered her, unfortunately. So yeah, that's more of a new thing for me, but I love her so much. I love her tapes, like her old tapes that are famous. Um, girly sound. Girly sound. Yeah. And her first few albums, love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what I, what I, your your work reminds me. Uh, it's in, like the spirit of Exile and Guyville or Whip Smart. It just feels like it's in that vein. And I just, I mean, I love what you're doing. And, and it's, I thought maybe you were a fan of, of, of hers. Definitely, yeah. I wish I knew about her longer, but yeah, that definitely inspired this new album. Partially, she's a goodie. <laughs> she is a goodie. I mean, do you feel creatively? Do you feel that you can do? Um, I guess, has your, has your creative vision expanded um, as you've continued at this and been writing songs? Do you feel now that like you, there's, there's nothing you can't do in terms, or that you're not willing to try, um, you're willing to try everything? Yeah, I definitely want to do different things. Uh, my first album was more like indie dream poppy, I guess. My second one, more like alternative 90s, I don't know kind of. And I want to continue. I want to do different things. I want to um, do more like electronic music for my next album, I think. More like dancey. I don't know what. (laughs) But I always want to expand and try to do different things. I don't want to get stuck in one, one genre. Yeah, it seems like you remind me of the kind of artist that won't make the same record twice. Yeah, I don't want to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but you know it might happen inevitably i mean people i don't know if you think so but you know i don't think that any two of my songs are too similar <laughs> i try no, not to. but not. then other people see that they are like but not in a bad way but i don't know <laughs> i can try like that tell that, that that i'm sorry i can tell that you're it's clearly the same artist, right? In other words, not like it, it's not that different, but in terms of yeah. your sound to me, it feels like you're not afraid to be experimental, um, whether that is lyrically. And I think your lyrics are great, whether it's lyrically or musically, it feels like things creep in that are really inventive and, um, 
and kind of, kind of in a really fearless way. It feels like you're not afraid to throw stuff in the mix. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I mean, my most popular song, I never made anything like it again. I don't care if it's my most popular song. <laughs> I don't really like it that much. <laughs> and I want to do different things all the time. I mean, people might have wished that I stuck to that, that feels of like do and like the lo-fi sounds. I like it, but it's not my favorite. And I want to keep doing new things. So I guess that's, yeah, I guess I don't care too much about what people, what the people want, but that's mean. That sounds mean. <laughs> but I don't know. I just want to stay true to myself, do whatever I want, whenever. I know what you mean. <laughs> you're saying that you're saying that you're not going to be influenced by what people expect from you. Yeah, I guess that that's a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> what I like is what you were saying about the genres of music you were listening to, like, um, you know, reggae. So there's like this kind of swinging drum sound that might appear or now you like electronic music that might show up. Um, but I do think that's the key to evolution, to artistic evolution is to sort of keep almost like a shark, like just keep moving and see what happens rather than get too comfortable and make the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I want to change the game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. But I want to keep doing whatever because there will always be an audience for it. I don't want to worry about what's going to be huge. Let me do this because I know it'll be huge or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's just too much stress. And that's why I have a day job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Wrong with that. <laughs> is there is I mean in terms of speaking of that that real life stuff in terms of like playing live um but that's not happening for for quite some time um mm -hmm. how much live stuff did you do and are you are you missing that that outlet I do miss it because you know I really love just being around people talking to people between songs being my corny self and I <laughs> Just love that atmosphere. But honestly, I love recording and writing a lot more than playing live. I don't know if it's just the type of music that I make. It's kind of like mellow. It's not like, you know, rocking out. <laughs> yeah. So playing live wasn't as much fun for me as like writing and recording. So I do miss it, but it's not the end of the world for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I know, I know. And, and the idea that there, that you have the day job, are you able to, um, I mean, when, when you are at your day job, it's a very consuming, I'm sure. Does your mind wander towards art? Do you find yourself thinking about music when you're, when you're working? Yeah, sometimes if I have like a, if I have some downtime, I'll be like, hmm, what should I do? with this later or whatever but there's not a lot of downtime so <laughs> but thankfully I only work like three days a week because it's 12-hour shifts so it's not too too time-consuming I have some free time that's one good thing about the job <laughs> yeah and it's rewarding I actually do really love being a nurse but it can be stressful <laughs> especially in times like these well I would imagine I would imagine that's true um so when so you're all masked up and you have to be very very careful is the that whole process of 
um, you know, making sure you're not radioactive when you come home, basically. Like, is <laughs> that a real, because sometimes I, I go to the store and I'll forget my mask and I'll go, oh, for God's sake, not to go back to my car. For you, I imagine it's much more extensive of a washing, of a cleaning, of a, of a thorough, um, you know, investigation of was I exposed to something? How do I, how do I make sure I walk into my house and not, not have anything on me? Yeah, I don't really worry too much about that because right now I'm not working with COVID patients. But when I was working with COVID patients, um, and they're all tested like before they get to our floor because it's a surgical floor. No, nobody can have it or else they can't come on the floor because it'll just contaminate the whole floor and it'll get people infected. And after surgery, you're at more higher risk for that stuff. So they have to be really careful. But when I was working with COVID patients, we would actually like change our scrubs. I wouldn't even, I would come to work in scrubs and totally change them then change back into my scrubs I came in with before I leave. So, and I would wear like full body suits basically <laughs> every time I would walk in a room. So when I come home, I don't think I'm too dirty. I wash my hands, but I'd take a shower maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, you know, you don't have to worry too much because you really protect yourself when you're there. Right, right. Now, it, for you with with your you know, and I don't know how in touch you are with this, but do you, do you read comments about what people say about your music in terms of um, whether it's your Instagram or wherever? Mm -hmm. And can, can that get into your head? So do you, do you try to not read what, what people are saying or is it too tempting to, to look away? I always read everything <laughs> and there's not that much cause I'm not like famous. So <laughs> And it's a lot of nice things mostly because I'm not that famous. So like, it's not really so bad. There's not really a lot of shit talking. That really happens when you get big, you know? <laughs> yeah. But there's not really too many negative things. I think there was one article that reviewed my album and like kind of shit talked a couple of the songs. And I was like, no. Oh. But overall, it was a good review. So I can't really complain too much. And all the comments are really good. It's really nice stuff I get like messages about how it helps with their depression and blah, blah, blah. Really cool. So I can't complain about that yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing to think like you put this work out there and who knows where it's going to land and who it's going to land with. I imagine you've heard from people all the way across the world who have been, who have been moved by what you do. Yeah. That's the best part that it can reach anybody because of the internet. <laughs> it's not like I've gone on world tours, but there's still people listening to me in like a hundred countries or whatever it is. And um, that's pretty great. I always wanted that. So I kind of already lived my dream, but I don't want to sell myself short. But yeah, it is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Just for the listeners, she's not retiring. <laughs> because yeah, I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm not done. I can never be done. I can't see myself saying, I don't want to make music anymore. Maybe once in a while I'll say that if I'm having a bad day, but it's <laughs> it'll never happen. If you were offered a chance to tour with somebody um, and, and to go around the world doing it, would that, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you're introverted or extroverted or not, or if you would feel comfortable, you know, being sort of looked at at that, in that, in that high concentration of ways by crowds of people. Um, because you were talking about how the live experience isn't something that like you're totally comfortable with. Um, would you be into something like that? Could, could you get used to that? Or, or does, it, does, that, does that sound ominous? 
I think I would need to practice more. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't freaking practice that much as far as playing with my band. Maybe like once in a while. If we have a show coming up, we'll practice a few times. <laughs> I'm not like, oh my God, I'm the worst. I'm not like one of those extremely dedicated, I want to tour the world kind of bands. Um, but if the opportunity came up, yes, I would do it. And I would make sure I'm prepared. Right now, I'm not prepared. <laughs> but I don't. But I can. <laughs> no, I'm done. Well, <laughs> That's it. Not, but I don't want to sell you short because you you do seem very disciplined in your work. I mean, you do seem like you're always thinking about different innovative ways to communicate th- right through the medium of songwriting. Um, so you're saying you don't practice with your band very much, but it seems to me like you are constantly working on your art. Yeah, I'm always making demos and you know, recording and I scrap things I don't like, but I'm always doing stuff. And, um, yeah, that's as far as recording and writing, like I said, which is my, my fave, but as far as playing live, that's right. I, I got to work on that. <laughs> Cause I see it as more of like a fun thing where I can like talk to the fans and play my songs, but it doesn't sound like the album. It's usually like very stripped down compared to what's on the album. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I could work on. It's, it's a fun thing. I just got to get more into it. I remember when Liz Fair, when Exile and Guyville kind of hit it, mm-hmm. no one thought that was going to happen. Like that was sort of a weird viral thing that before <sighs> things were really viral, right? It just sort of took off and no one yeah. expected that. And suddenly someone who had made these sort of bedroom recordings was, they were like, okay, we have to, we have to package her and put her on a stage. And she was not into it. She was terrified of, of that. Oh my God. That's like me. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I should look more into these things, Yeah, but that's so funny. Yeah. That's how I would feel. <laughs> <laughs> because what you're doing, it, it's interesting. What you're doing is private, right? Like your creative process is a private process. And then suddenly you're asked to be public with your private work. And so that is something that, you know, that takes, you got to sort of like, that's a game you have to sharpen, right? Like it's sort of like, oh, wow, now I'm being looked at. Now I'm performing these songs in this kind of way. So it'd be fun if that happened for you because I think your stuff is so cool and I think it'd be great in a live setting. Yeah, I think I could make it cool, but I need some help from my trusty band. They're really good, but um, what was I going to say? It kind of reminds me of Claro too because she's one of my faves and I was following her since she only had like, a couple thousand, you know, followers on SoundCloud. And I always loved her little thing she would make, her little bedroom pop. And then she exploded out of nowhere too. And she like, people would make fun of her live at first because she was singing out of tune or I don't know. She wasn't ready for that crap. But now she's a pro and she's playing on like, uh, you know, nighttime TV shows. What are they called? <laughs> What's that one? <laughs> Jim Fallon. I don't yeah. know who else. Um, yeah, so I'm really proud of her. I don't even know her, and I'm proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she follows me on SoundCloud, so I think I'm so cool because of that. <laughs> well, she's but great. Never- <laughs> yeah, she's great, and and you're right. The transition was was. Um, I mean, it's 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 the transition has been made. She's done it. I mean, she's definitely made yeah. that. Um, you know, but but yeah, no, you're right, and it's something to think about. I 
I don't know. I, are you working on this? Uh, is the next batch of songs sort of cooking right now or like how, how prolific have you been in the last, in the last few months? Yeah, they are. I mean, I don't make songs every day. I probably could work on, I mean, I definitely could work on things a lot more, but you know, I get distracted. I want to do other things. I want to watch TV. I want to <laughs> be lazy, whatever. Um, but, and I can't force things either. I kind of just have to wait until it comes to me in a way, like until I feel inspired to make something, which happens every couple of weeks or so. <laughs> but yeah, I have a few songs right now that I'm pretty proud of that I can't wait to bring to life. And the rest are kind of half-ass demos I've made over the past few months. But And then I bring back some old things, some old ideas that I have in my voice memos that I want to build. But yeah, it's definitely a long process for me always. <laughs> making it up. No, I get it. I mean, as as a writer, I always I always feel that there's things that I can do pretty well that sometimes I'll just rely on those things and I and I recognize I need to not do those things in order to push forward and try new things. Yeah. Um, when you're writing, do you find like, oh, I'm I'm relying on this thing that I know I can do and I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to I'm going to push myself to try this other approach. I don't want to, in other words, I don't want to be too comfortable when I'm creating. I want to make it a little more difficult for myself. So I'm not going to rest on my, on my strengths. I want to try something from a different place. Do you, do you challenge yourself in that way? A little bit, probably not enough though. Cause I <laughs> like, for instance, what I'm not so good at is the production aspect. And I never really had a desire to become good at it. Like, I don't really want to learn all that stuff. I just want to write music. I don't want to learn how to produce. Yeah, and make things sound good. I just want to write music, work with other people to do that. Um, but lately, I have been messing around with Ableton a little more and trying new things on it. And like I said, electronic music, I'm trying to, not electronic really, but just like more modern feels instead of like 90s, which I've been obsessed with for the past year. <laughs> I'm trying to do this new thing like grunge pop. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to like fuse poppy sounds with like a grungy kind of feel. And that's what I think the next album is going to be. And I haven't really done that before, maybe a little bit, but it's going to be more so from now on. But yeah, I don't know if I'm stepping out of my comfort zone enough. I should do a little more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, all of us should, I think that'd be a really, you know, it's, it's a really instructive thing to do in, in terms of a creative exercise. I mean, it's uncomfortable at first, but sometimes cool stuff can happen, I think, when you do that. Yeah. Like, I always write with guitar. I start with, like, guitar chords, maybe a little beat I make, like a very easy, simple beat, and then sing a melody over it, and then eventually stick words into that. That's kind of always been my process. But I should try other ways. I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I did do like this weird beat kind of thing on Ableton and like played on my keyboard on my computer. I could play little synth stuff. I'm trying to work like that instead of always using guitar. Maybe start with bass sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> so you can, you play several instruments. Not several, only like guitar and bass. And like, I, yeah, I don't even know how to play piano <laughs> or anything. I just play like the keyboard on my actual computer <laughs> if I want to make little synth stuff <laughs> but yeah I really don't play much 
<laughs> of anything well, else. You, you know, you you seem like a fun person to hang out with. I wouldn't want to play Ouija board with you, but I. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you seem like. You have, I mean, if someone if someone wants to do that, I, w- I would say be warned that you're going to play uh, Ouija. We're going to do the Ouija board, but but I, I what you do is so refreshing, and I think that you know your work is so great, and I I love the stuff you're doing, and so um, I hope that you that you um, continue to sort of challenge yourself because whatever you're doing is totally working. I I, I love your music, so. Oh my God! Thank you so much. And I just, you know, you you have all the spirit of, like I was saying, of like Liz Fair um, or or like Juliana Hatfield with the Blake Babies. I love Juliana Hatfield. <laughs> yeah, right? um, yeah. it, just, it just reminds me of all the stuff I was listening to in like in the most updated, freshest, greatest way. And I want everyone to hear your stuff because I think you're marvelous. Oh, thank you. Wait, do you know Julie Doran? Or yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, she was a sub pop artist. Yeah, of course. I love her. That's all. And I just like she's one of my inspirations. Just wanted to throw that out there. And I wanted to make sure you knew about her. I love her. She put a record out in like '94 or '5, like something about the morning or something. Um, now I have to cheat and look at my Spotify. Later. I remember that. I remember her. She is amazing. Um, but yeah. I forget what the album's called, Sad Girl or something. Oh, and that's yes, yes. Here, let's look at let's look it up because I want to just I want to um, make sure we have it because it's it, she's amazing. And I just uh, love the simplicity of her music and the chord progressions are so cool, and yeah. her voice is so cute. <laughs> it's yeah. I didn't even know she was Canadian. Okay, so she put out. Oh yeah, Broken Girl is a great record. Oh, that's what it is, Broken Girl. Broken Girl. Oh, loneliest. <laughs> The morning. That's the record I was thinking of. I don't know that one. I know Broken Girl. And I know the other one where it's a painting of two people holding hands in like Halloween costumes, and I forget what it's called. Yeah. Okay. We'll get. Yeah, I know that one too. Okay. Get loneliest in the morning is amazing. All right. I will listen to that. And I'm trying to find the one you're talking about. I think. It, I think you're talking about. It's not the. Is it the? No, it's not the Wooden Stars one. I think you're talking. Oh, is it Good Night Nobody? No. No. Look, I'm looking too. It's, uh, <laughs> I think this woke myself up. No, but she's great. Is, I can wonder what you did with your day. That's what it's called. Is that the one? I, there it is. Just yes. Look. Yes. That's a great record. Yes. You're fun to talk to. I really enjoyed this. Oh, well, thanks. It was fun talking to you too. Thanks for having me. I love stuff like this. Of course, and I want you to come back on the show. I want to check back in with you and see if the Midsummer poster is still over your bed. <laughs> <laughs> it will be forever. <laughs> it's, it's such a creepy, uh, funny choice. <laughs> it is kind of creepy. I don't know why I decided to put it there, but it's there. <laughs> well, I love that movie too. Um, well, anyway, good luck to you. Thank you again for your time. Stay safe, and uh, I'm so excited by what you do. Thank you. Same to you. Stay safe. And your podcast is awesome. And you're the best. Isn't she fun? She's so great. Pinky! Uh, If you didn't know who she was before, you know who she is now. You know who else knows who she is? 
her college ghost. <laughs> I hope that character never comes back. Um, although it seems like uh, she dealt with it pretty well. Visit Pinky on Bandcamp, pinky.bandcamp.com. That's Pinky with a Y and an I-E. P-Y-N-K-I-E. Visit her. Check out her albums, her brand new one, 37, number 37. Uh, it's her second album, not her 37th. Um, you know, she's not Chicago, but uh, her second album is called Number 37, and it's so good. You're going to love it. It's so charming, I can't get over it. I'm not that charming, but I have my own website, and you can see all the, all the uncharm that I'm capable of on that site, alexgreenonline.com. Visit me there. See what's going on with me. Yes, I had a book tour. Yes, it was canceled. Yes, I was bummed. But the book is still available for you to buy and read and consume. Just because I'm not coming to your town to read in your bookstore doesn't mean you can't still read the book. Malroe and the Midnight Organ Fight. Check it out. Young adult murder stuff for your dark, uh, dark teenager at home. And also for you, especially if you have some Susie and the Banshees in your record collection. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Ember's Editor. Follow me if you like there or follow me on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or just email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, give us a rating, subscribe. Say a couple of nice things. It wouldn't kill you to uh, to say some nice stuff. It'll probably make you feel good, especially knowing how good it's going to make us feel here at the podcast. Visit Bombshell Radio at bombshellradio.com. Find out what makes us tick. Let's close the show with uh, a fuller listen to Pinky's Funny Boy. Thank you, as always, for listening. Week in and week out, we really appreciate it. Here's Pinky Funny Boy. Enjoy it right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio.